Hello, and welcome to Driverless. I'm your host, Zach Adams. Today's episode is a really exciting three-person podcast featuring Kristen Slana and Mohammed Amid from Thirdware. Kristen is Thirdware's Chief Transformation Officer, where she is working to address challenges that automotive companies are facing as they think about the future of mobility. After earning bachelor's and master's degrees in mechanical engineering at MIT, Kristen worked at Ford Motor Company for over 20 years before transitioning to consulting and becoming the executive director of the Future of Mobility team at EY. Mo is a special advisor at Thirdware in the Emerging Technologies Group, where he works closely with Kristen to assist OEMs and Tier 1 suppliers as they navigate the future of smart mobility and new mobility. Before coming to Thirdware, Mo founded two technology companies that he later sold. He's been featured in publications like the New York Times, Reuters, and U.S. News and World Reports. This episode was one of my favorites that we've ever done. Uh, Kristen and Mo share some of the data they've collected regarding different companies and their ability to translate new technology and mobility into profits. And then we get into what their vision for the future of mobility looks like. As always, you can follow us at, at underscore driverless on Twitter, and then reach out to us at driverless at tuckerellis.com. Let's get rolling to today's episode of Driverless. All right, Kristen and Mo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. We're really excited to have both of you from Thirdware here on Driverless today. And to kind of just start off, can you tell our listeners what Thirdware does? Oh, certainly. So, you know, I started in the company just the first of the year. And Thirdware is a traditional IT company, you know, doing ERP, cloud services, also robotics process automation work. And in the 23-year history, they're now recognizing that things are really changing. And automotive, which is their main client base, is also very much changing. And everyone is really looking now into this whole future of what's called smart mobility. So it's about how people and goods are going to be moving differently in that future. And so we have the really exciting task of this emerging technology startup within the company. So how do we really look at these new technologies coupled with these societal trends that are all coming into play and to create new value propositions for for people and how good people and goods will move differently. So it's a really exciting space and that's kind of the mission that we have here at Thirdware, of which Ford is actually um, a partial owner of the company and has been for the past 19 years. So okay, that sounds really exciting. And and part of the reason I wanted to get you guys on the, the show as soon as possible was I was going over some of the research data that you guys presented at the Automotive Futures Conference in Michigan last month. And I think there's a lot of information there to kind of unpack. But if you could just generally start with why Thirdware decided to conduct this kind of research and put on this type of presentation. Well, you know, we were really kind of trying to look at all the change that's going on in the ecosystem and trying to discern what we hear in the headlines from what perhaps the reality at OEMs and tier one suppliers may actually be. We sort of had an initial hypothesis that there was a little bit of a disconnect uh, between the two. So all of this disruptive technology, whether it's artificial intelligence, blockchain, 5G, uh, telecommunications, connectivity, uh, et cetera, we hear a lot about it in, in the media. And there's all kinds of press releases made uh, by various different companies about all the exciting things that they're doing. Uh, but just in, in talking to executives at OEMs and tier one suppliers, we sensed a little bit of a, of a struggle. So what we wanted to do with this research was really just investigate what 
successes OEMs and tier ones are having and what challenges that they're having. So that's really kind of the deep dive that uh, that we did here. And uh, I have to say that the, the receptivity that we got um, and some of the learnings that we had, I think were, uh, were very, very interesting. One of the first things I kind of want to get into before we dive into the results of the research you conducted is what do you what do you two think is kind of the status of the current business environment regarding autonomous vehicles and artificial intelligence? And how does that play into the future of mobility as Thirdware perceives it or views it? Yeah, those are two really critical areas of research. And what's incredible is that when I first started looking at mobility, when I had worked um, in my role at Ford, outlining this blueprint um, starting in 2012, was it's amazing at how fast and where we have gotten today that was absolutely not predicted um, just even seven years ago. So those are really exponential technologies that are really changing the shape of the world today and where we're at. And so autonomous functionality, um, there's all these new services and business models that are being proposed and looked at stemming from that. So there's that's why there's so much energy and effort being put into that technology, as well as legal issues, because those legal issues are nothing to be minimized. And how is that going to be managed in the future as well? So there's a lot of what I'll call concurrent paths to look at, you know, not only the technology, the services that can build off the technology, but the legal implications, of which all are very important. And, you know, autonomous, so autonomous functionality, artificial intelligence is a part of that. Um, in terms of the decision making, the learning, the improvements of the system. And so two very important technologies that are integral and a, a big part of this future vision that we see and where we're headed towards. And when we think about, Zach, the, uh, the world of autonomous relative to other things that are happening in the ecosystem, whether it's you know, ride sharing and um, the electrification of vehicles and uh, even things that are going on in the parking space, et cetera. What's really interesting is that overall, uh, if you look at all the capital that has gone into new technology companies over the past two years, almost 40% of it has actually gone into ride sharing, uh, which is interesting because I think most people think about autonomous vehicles as being the number one area of investment. Now it is the second largest area of investment with almost 25% of venture capital dollars over the past two years being invested into autonomous. Uh, but it's interesting that ride sharing is just such a big part of the new investment. So what does that say to us? That means that for sure one of the dynamics that we're going to see in the future is that car ownership is going to decline. And along with the ownership declining, another thing that's going to happen is among the cars that we do have, uh, in the future, they're likely going to be more autonomous uh, than actually driven by human. Now, how long that's going to take, time will tell, um, but, but they're interesting trends uh, for sure. As you prepare for the future where we do see this decline in ownership of cars, at least by the private individual or a, you know, a typical consumer now who's going to a car dealer, buying a car, and you're used, whatever, for their family or for themselves, and we start seeing the rise of these ride sharing, how do you work with tier one suppliers and OEMs to kind of prepare for that uh, shift? Because obviously selling a car is still selling a car on some level, but at the same time, uh, there have been statistics that have shown kind of with the rise of ride sharing and things like that, we may see a decrease in the amount of vehicles that are necessary to kind of meet demand. 
Yeah, Zach, that's, that is a good question. And that really was the whole impetus of uh, why I was even asked when I was in my position at Ford to look at this whole blueprint for mobility. Because as things are changing, um, what role can services play in that future? And I think pretty much there's been a lot of activity from most OEMs and everyone's asking the questions, a couple key questions. One is how do they even start transitioning to this, these new services because the core business is still very important, right? We're still selling lots of cars today and it's very important. So you, how do you maintain the core while transitioning to these new services? And then when you think about the services, those are new skill sets for the OEM and tier ones because it's about the customer and what experiences those customers want. And it's about the relationship to those customers. And so this is new space and territory for the OEMs and tier ones. So it really is, you know, where should they play? That is a common question that we hear time and time again. Where should they play in this future? And how can they succeed with the advent of all of these startups that come new ones every single day, as well as the technology companies with very high valuations um, that have money to spend in the space? So it is a very, a very big challenge for the OEM and, and tier ones today. And I would just add that, um, you know, the way we think about it is that if over the long term, if ownership is going to decline, what that really means is that the percentage of the OEM's uh, revenues that are going to be comprised of vehicle sales uh, is also going to decline, which means that they're going to have to find other ways to monetize. Uh, so the exciting part about a lot of the research that uh, that we've been doing is it really kind of zeroes into other avenues of monetization beyond simply selling cars. And a big part of that is actually data monetization, which is where we think a lot of the future monetization is going to happen. So a lot of OEMs are starting to reinvent themselves and, and sort of reimagine the way that they think about themselves, perhaps less as manufacturers of automobiles but more as really data companies. You talked a little bit about uh, how a company like a Ford or someone that is very established in this space is having to compete with startups who obviously have a lot more agility and a lot more ability to pivot and move around in this space, kind of be able to quickly react and change course really easily as opposed to these more established companies that can take years, obviously, to change course. I'm wondering, given your backgrounds, and again, Kristen with Ford and Mo, you've been a big player in the startup space. How are you two bringing your experiences to Thirdware to help shift uh, OEM or T1 suppliers from thinking like an established company? Yeah, and, and that is a big challenge, Zach. So one of the things that is really going to be key success in the future is partnerships and that partnership ecosystem. So one of the things that, and the part of the reason why I think that the combination of my 23 years of OEM experience, you know, I started out actually as an engine engineer and my first uh, real job was uh, cylinder head component design. So quite a long way from uh, cylinder head engineering, I have to say today. And one of the things that I think is a strength that Thirdware brings is this purview of the OEM traditional, living that, and then the startup world. And how do these partnership ecosystems come into play? So we are looking at lots of these excellent startups and really understanding the fundamental on the technologies and what business opportunities stem from that technology. And how does that come to play with different OEMs and tier ones, as well as potentially cities in partnership ecosystems that create win-win situations. 
I would say that on my side, the biggest input that my background gives into the way that we think about third wear and the new mobility space is around the time horizon for results and how we have to basically help OEMs and tier ones calibrate the way that they think about that. Uh, I mean, I basically spent you know my whole career trying to get sort of slow-moving, older legacy businesses uh, to reinvent the way that they think about uh, their businesses, whether it's the chemicals industry or whether it's um, you know the semiconductor industry or whether it's even the pharma industry, oil and gas, et cetera. And the main thing there is that you have to bring the data to the table that gets them comfortable moving from a short-term kind of orientation to a long-term orientation. Uh, and and that's, that's what I'd say. I mean, the biggest challenge that the sort of incumbents in mobility and automotive face today is, is going from a place of thinking about results on a quarterly basis to thinking, hey, can we invest several billions of dollars to move the needle five years from now or 10 years from now, but for all of that time and for all of the, the, the resources invested there to make not just an incremental impact on our business, but a substantial impact on our business. So that's the struggle. How do you get you know, sort of a short-term orientation and how do you move that to more of a long-term orientation? And as you just said, Mo, there's, there's a ton of uh, money that's going into it work right now that's supposed to kind of change the bottom line in, in the future, way in the future, not just for the next quarter, but years down the road. And to that point, you guys at Thirdware uh, did some research and, and let's kind of jump into that. So first, can you give our, our listeners an uh, overview of why this research was done and maybe the methodology behind it? Yeah, so really the impetus was the University of Michigan Mobility Conference. So it was it was really about the business models and the monetization. And then as Mo and I were talking about this, um, you know, a lot of questions about, you know, as Mo said, what's really reality in terms of this, in terms of the actual monetization? And so we uh, conducted a survey. We wanted to make sure that we were getting high-level people that had, you know, five million or more budget authority. And there was about 62% OEMs of, of the 147 respondents and 38% suppliers. So a really good run in terms of just getting a perspective, a balance between the, the automotive industry. And we really wanted to get and explore some more insights about the budgets and are they increasing or decreasing and their monetization results. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we found out is that those mobility budgets they're increasing, and they have been increasing in, for, for, for many years now. And so when we, when we took a look at that, we wanted to kind of peel the onion layers a little bit more to understand, you know, with these increased budgets, what have the results been? And I would say that one of the preliminary questions that we asked, just to really kind of set the stage for where we were going with this research, was whether or not they believed that the new mobility initiatives uh, that their company has invested in uh, have contributed to the financial results of their company, to the bottom line of their company. And we were not expecting the results to be so dramatic in this, in this sense, but 83% of our participants basically said that no, new mobility initiatives are not contributing to the bottom line of our company. And, and then furthermore, what we found perhaps even more interesting, I, didn't re I really did not expect this at all, when we asked them why 
they thought that this was. Why is it that new mobility initiatives are not contributing to the bottom line? The number one reason was internal alignment. Almost 38% of um, the participants said that we can't even get our internal folks aligned on what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And then there were other challenges around you know, the ability to monetize those initiatives. And, and this is really what we mean by having the OEMs recalibrate the way that they think about you know, new investments and sort of acclimating themselves to the way that perhaps technology companies think about that. Yeah, I think the bottom line is that there's been an increase in in budget, an increase in investment, and there has not been monetization. And that really has been the struggle. And that's what we saw from the results. Are you seeing these companies starting to lose faith in these efforts and kind of shift away from that? Or do you think there's just this blind faith is maybe the wrong word, but there's this prevailing view that even though it's not working now, it's going to work later. Yeah, and I mean, I think that is the struggle, right? How do you balance that? I mean, there's only a finite amount of investment opportunity, right? So you have to invest in the core, and then how do you balance that investment with this new? So if as your new doesn't get monetization, it, it does create some tension in the system. But I think that in general, there's still hope. Everyone is looking for these higher margins that everyone's talking about that lend itself to these service elements that relate to mobility. And so there still is hope that that can happen. And, um, and so that's why I think we're still seeing investments in general increase in space that it, it really is going to be a, a sweet spot of timing. And I think as, as Kristen will tell you from her experience at, at Ford, especially the OEMs, they've been experimenting with new mobility initiatives for quite a long time. Cases five years, six years, seven years, some have even been on the forefront of new mobility for the past decade. So what does that mean? That means that especially OEMs have overinvested over the past decade in new mobility initiatives. And finally, they're coming to the realization that, hey guys, we have not been thinking about this in a disciplined enough manner as it relates to uh, business results and showing impact. So something's got to change here. We can't just continue to deploy resources and hope that it'll all just work out. And then so, you know, the research really, really starts to get into that. And besides the obvious, we'll call it kind of the investment uh, runway problem where the, they're investing a ton of money, but maybe it's not paying off in the short term. Were there any other results you saw in your study that really jumped out to you as maybe not what you expected or just reinforcing something that you, you did expect to see? Well, we had talked a little bit earlier um, with you about the whole partnership ecosystem, and that was something else that we wanted to explore a little bit more as well, right? Because there's been so many announcements now about partnerships as well as partial investments and acquisitions. And the results are really showing what I call a little bit more neutral success on how partnerships have impacted the business. Um, in terms of mobility, but what was a little bit disconcerting was in terms of acquisitions. You know, the acquisitions, honestly, are not creating the impact at all that was hoped for. It was actually more neutral to highly negative in terms of that. And, and I can understand because it's a struggle. A lot of these acquisitions are in high-tech and startup world, and then there's a, an issue as you start to integrate it into the core. And if you keep it totally separate, then can the core gain the benefits that it wants to glean from this acquisition? And you think about the magnitude of that. It's not just that you know, there are some acquisitions in e-mobility that didn't go so well. 
I mean, in our survey, 84% of the respondents said that acquisitions in new mobility have either had a nominal or negative effect on their business. So that's the overwhelming majority, which I think really says something about the orientation that OEMs and tier ones have on, you know, why it is that they're acquiring companies in the first place. There's a lot of fear of missing out going on, um, which is leading to basically uh, not so thoughtful decision-making around M&A uh, and it's it's really hurting companies. So some things there has to be a, a bridge between the way that Silicon Valley operates and the way that Detroit operates. And we just haven't gotten there yet. What are your results from this research mean about the future of mobility, or what kind of uh, you know, bright line arrows were you able to draw from the data you observed? Yeah. So you know, companies clearly are still investing, and I think that there's going to need to be some changes made with regards to how they view partnerships, how they assess these actions, and uh, and to really better make better use of those partnerships and investments in other companies in order to really action to see results. The other thing that what we've seen is that the um, overwhelmingly people are looking at the data monetization as the greatest potential in the future. So as Mo said, that data being able to um, to actually get that data, leverage it real time, because tomorrow's data or even an hour, it's, it's too late. You have to leverage that data real time to action into these new business models. So that is the, the absolute challenge, and that is where everyone sees the greatest potential. What this research really says about you know, the mobility and automotive landscape, what I call kind of like the three stages of you know, business model struggle or, or, or business model challenge. Uh, the first stage is always um, denial, right? And I would say that as, as an industry in automotive, uh, that was probably around, you know, 2008, 2007, 2008, when all these emerging technologies were coming into the ecosystem. But if you talk to, you know, sort of the, the, the C-suite at the OEMs or the Tier 1s, they were just like, you know, know all of this is going to sort of fade and we're going to go back to just focusing on manufacturing of automobiles and this is all just kind of hype. Uh, so we're beyond the denial phase. The next phase is typically adoption or the spaghetti on the wall phase like uh-oh new entrants into the ecosystem were right. Um, there is fundamental change happening in our marketplace. We got to do something about it. So in this phase uh, people just start trying things and they don't really have a disciplined way of thinking about it. And the final stage is optimization, which is, I think, where we're headed in the automotive industry. Executives are sick and tired of deploying billions of dollars in new mobility initiatives. And years and years and years later, sometimes six, seven, eight, nine years later, they're not a material enough part of the balance sheet. So we're headed towards this period of optimization where a lot of the stuff that isn't generating business results is going to be cut out and there's going to be a reorientation of how management teams think about investing in new businesses and transforming the way that they think about their own businesses. I, I, one of the questions I guess I have is, is there any planned follow-up research on any of this stuff? Because I feel like some of those uh, conclusions are obviously pretty big and pretty important for this entire space. And I'm wondering how Thirdware is thinking about the next step to this type of research and the data you've already collected. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. We intend to do this on a regular basis because we find it insightful. And, and our intent is how do we generate dialogue and also illuminate some of the core issues for these companies to work on in the future of mobility. So, yeah, absolutely, we're going to continue to do that. Okay, well, I know that I've already taken up uh, plenty of your time, and, and thanks again so much for coming on the show. Uh, and, and again, hopefully we get to have you on the show in the future, but this has been great. And thank you both so much for coming on. It, it's been a real, a real joy to talk to you about all of this and get to pick the brain of people who are constantly dealing with the cutting edge of this technology and the businesses involved in it. Great. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach.